Hi friends, welcome back to the Let It Be podcast. As I mentioned at the start of this month, this entire month is going to be honoring moms. And if you tuned in last week, you got to hear from my own kids. And this week, I have two friends with me who are moms themselves biologically, but they are also entering and are in the world of foster care. And to be honest, it's a space that I'm continuing to learn more about. So I'm so excited for our conversation and so excited to introduce you to my friends, Emily Ballard and Jessica Peck. So thanks girls for being on today. Thanks for having us. So I am so excited because you both have amazing stories and I'm really excited that we've kind of, I've kind of been able to see it on the front end and now watching it um, change into different chapters. So I'm looking forward to learning more about this whole process and hopefully our listeners hearing more about it. I'm sure I'm confident that there are people listening today who are wanting to get into foster care, maybe have that tugging on their heart and don't even know where to get started. So Let's just kind of start at the beginning of your stories. Emily, if you want to kick it off and then um, we'll hop over to Jess. Yeah, um, I'm Emily and I, like you said, have a son who um, is two and a half, which is crazy. Um, That is crazy. crazy. Two and a half already. Goodness. Biological son. And then um, we just... Uh, welcomed an 18 year old into our home through foster care. So yeah, yeah about we're, 72 hours ago. Yes. <laughs> so um, we, yeah, fresh, fresh into it. But, um, and you're also expecting another little one yourself. Yes, yeah. So I'm doing August with another one. We don't know the gender and my husband doesn't want to find out. So we're keeping it. Your home secret. is full. Yes, it is full. Yeah, it is full. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. And Jess, what about you? Um, yeah, so I have been married to Dan for just over eight years. We have one biological daughter, Olivia, uh, just turned six this past weekend. Also crazy. <laughs> I feel like I blinked and here we are. Yep. Um, and, then we, yeah. <laughs> and then um, we've been foster, or, um, been licensed since November of 2018. And exactly one week after we got our license, um, we had our first placement of a two-year-old at the time who is now three and she's still with us. So Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So Emily, you actually, tell us a little about your background because that is um, part of what has kind of led you down this path as well. Yeah, so um, I work at a foster care agency. Um, it's called Focus on Youth. It's in Westchester, Ohio. Um, and I train foster parents to become foster parents. So that's my that's my main job um, there. I have other responsibilities as well. But um, I actually started in education and um, was kind of introduced to the idea of trauma and how it impacts kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God led me to foster care. So... Yeah. When you started working there, was your goal to actually foster yourself? Yeah. So I, we, my husband, um, at the time, uh, we were in California and he, you know, we were coming back. So I had taken a year off of teaching. Um, and we came back in, um, I was doing photography. And so I was like, my friend worked at a foster care agency and she was like, I know that you guys want to foster eventually. What do you think about coming and working as an assistant at Focus. And so God kind of just led me down the path of all kinds of positions at Focus. And now I'm using my teaching degree in foster care, which is wild. That is wild. Yeah. 
Jess, what about you? Was that something that you and Dan always kind of had a heart for or did it just kind of grow over time? Yeah, so funny. Um, We were opposite and knew nothing about foster care going into it. Um, We both kind of grew up with a call to adoption, um, but knew nothing about the foster care world at all. Um, So when Olivia, she's getting ready to turn four, we decided it's kind of time to grow our family. What does that look like? And started praying through that. And um, a friend who is also licensed at Focus on Youth, she's a single foster mom, I just went up to her, hey, what does this look like? What does this mean? Where do we go? Um, so she led us to the same agency that Emily works at, which is wonderful. Is so um, cool. Small world. Yeah. Um, and then we just kind of jumped in from there. So, um, yeah, we really didn't know anything. God literally just kind of, hey, you're going this way. Okay. <laughs> Did either of you in your marriages have a time where you weren't on the same page? Or was it just that you were fortunate enough that both you and your husband wanted you and your husbands wanted to embark on this journey? Um, For us going through, so again, not knowing anything, we knew adoption was ultimately something on our hearts. Um, So when we started uh, what's called pre-placement classes, so they're like information classes, you learn all things foster care, what the kids go through, what trauma is, um, Mm -hmm. what the child welfare system looks like. Um, So you kind of go into it and that's where we started. So we were just taking in all this in and it was a lot. um, Some days were really heavy leaving there and some days were really encouraging. Um, so going into that, we didn't know. And there were, I would say often times where, oh, we got to jump in or Dan's like, uh, or yeah. opposite where I'm yeah. like, whoa, this is a lot. And he's like, no, we have to, we have to do this. Um, I think in the end, God just kind of put us on the same page with that. Um, so that's kind of, but we were in different places at, at different, different times. times. Yes. Yeah. But ultimately came together on that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Emily? Yeah. So, um, in training, we talk about there's always a dragger and a draggy. Okay. So that's a very common thing um, to happen in the process, like Jess was talking about. So for us, we kind of always talked about um, adoption and orphan care. Okay. Um, and then I brought up fostering and it was kind of like, maybe like for, from him, it was kind of like, I don't, maybe he, he wasn't opposed to it, but there was yeah. definitely some conversations. A lot to learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you getting into? Yeah. So Emily, this is a question I have for you because um, it's uncommon, or at least it seems like for me who, like I said at the beginning, I don't know a ton about foster care, but from what I've observed from other friends and family who are in it, you all just got a foster daughter in your home and she's older. So was that a desire that you had? Did you specifically want an older child or young adult or were you just open to whatever? Yeah. So I would, I mean, at the beginning, we kind of, we kind of talked about a lot of different ages, but I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we, when we started our biological family, we quickly realized that the newborn stage and the Mm -hmm. toddler stage was a lot harder than people necessarily, I guess, put on, especially with trauma. And so we, you know, kind of had conversations about there's a need for teens, especially in foster care, um, Mm, loving homes. Yeah. Yeah. For them. And so at, at first we didn't. And then when we got licensed, it was like a no brainer. So we're, we were on the list for ages 14 to 18. Wow. Yeah. That is such a gift to, because I could imagine that most people don't want to, I mean, goodness, 
biological parents don't always love their 14 to 18 (laughs) year olds, (laughs) let alone saying, you know what, that's the age group that I really want to welcome into our home. That's amazing. Yeah. And what we have found even in the last couple of days is how cool the relationship can be between teenagers and younger kids. Mm -hmm. Even, um, I don't, I cannot imagine having a younger foster child with our littles right now, but yeah. And another on the way. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the relationship, um, between her and my son Jackson is, is cool to watch. So Mm -hmm. Jess, can you help us understand what the whole process is when you accept a placement how do you know how long that's going to be for? Is it, is it open-ended? Is it indefinite or are there different stories for yeah. each person? Yeah. Um, totally different stories for each person, which, um, is always the fun part of foster care. There's, it's always unknown. Everything mm. is unknown at all times. Um, so for us, again, we were licensed and then exactly one week later, we got two calls that day for placement. Um, first was a sibling set and we're only open to one child right now. Um, so we had to say no to that placement. Um, and then the second was for our little girl and we said yes. And even saying yes, um, could still be no. Mm -hmm. So they could find a different family who's a better fit for that kid. Um, so again, totally unknown, even in the saying yes to that and deciding that's yes. Um, and then when they come in, um, they give us as much information as they can. And then you just kind of absorb bit by bit what's going on. Um, what's the case? What's the next steps? Um, and there's really, yeah, again, totally unknown. So your foster daughter was three when you got her. She was two. She was two. Yeah, she's three Okay. Now. And she's three now. Mm-hmm. What was that bond? How long did it take for that bond to take place? Um, between her and Olivia was really quick. So, yeah. um, obviously she was so excited to have a little sister and sure. welcomed her in and, um, that was really, really good. Um, for Dan, it was hard because, um, that was just a struggle for her personally based on her past and mm-hmm. all the things. So, yep. um, that relationship took a bit longer. Um, her and I, she leaned pretty quickly on me as well. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of the immediate comfort and then we just kept building on those relationships to, um, now she's just part of our family. It's wonderful. So we all, she has a great relationship with all of us. So for kids who are in the system, which I even just hate to even have that label, but for what it is for kids who are in the system, how long are they typically with a family before it seems to be this constant transition for a lot of these kids? Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing that we, my husband always joked about this when we were in training, he was like, you always say, and you probably just heard this so many times too, is like, we always say like, it's a case by case basis. Uh Like, and he hated that response because he was like, that's just annoying. Like that's an easy way out. And I'm like, no, really, truly. It's just, it's just, it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, so I mean, average, it can be typically like one to two years at the one year mark. It's like, we want to make sure, um, we have a plan for what's mm-hmm. happening. So mm-hmm. if the case plan by the bio family, if they're not working their case plan at that point, they'll start kind of talking about like what's happening next. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, we've had kids that have come in for a day and then we've had come kids come in for seven years. So mm-hmm. it really just depends yeah. on a lot of things. So many things. Yeah. So play that out for me. If you have a a child who's been, well, first of all, let me step back. How much involvement 
other than case by case. <laughs> How much involvement is there with the biological anybody? I know it could be mom, it could be dad, it could be grandma, it could be aunt. How much involvement is there or contact other than case by case <laughs> in general? <laughs> yeah, difficult to answer. But um, so as far as like them going to mm-hmm. or just having touch points. Yeah, yeah. So foster care is the last resort. So when a child is removed from their home, um, the county is going to look for family, friends, church members, any teachers, anybody Mm -hmm. in their community. Um, So when you get the call, you know that that's those people have been exhausted. That list has been exhausted. Um, And then, however, though, when they're in care, um, you know, they want to preserve those relationships as much as possible, even if they're not safe. So they have set up ways in which to have visitation with bio family, um, you know, for all of the kids in care, most of the kids in care will have visits with someone in their family. And how do the kids respond to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, in and our you case, can even speak. Yeah. yeah I was going to say in our case, we have had a couple of family members since she's been in our care who have jumped in and expressed either interest in their taking her or, um, I don't want to say taking her, but her coming to live with them or in some way being involved with her. And, um, they do again, exhaust all of those options. So everyone is an option when it comes to family and friends. Um, but they're not always the best option. And so, um, we feel really lucky that we have a really good team of like our caseworker and our GAL and cost all the people who are involved in her life, um, that they do all that work behind the scenes, um, Mm -hmm. and really decide if that's a good option or not. Um, So there are always, I know that there are challenges that come with this commitment. Would you call it a calling? So what I would say, and this is just what I believe, but I believe that everyone here, especially Christ followers, are called to foster care. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that that. everyone is called to foster parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I would say it is. I agree. There's some level of involvement for everyone and if you're not called to be those foster parents or the family to provide that there's so many other ways to be involved um even there's and you could probably talk more emily on um what that looks like on what you need to do but there are families that are called respite who could um example we need a week away and Mm -hmm. they can watch her in their safe home um so there's just so many other ways that those families can help so i totally agree everyone's called in some way to be a part of that and a part of the children there's so many kids that need that support in all levels so we actually did that for i had a friend who had multiple children multiple times from multiple families. And, um, I was able to step in and do some of that when they had to be away. Um, which was, you know, just a little way of being part of that process. But I know that great challenges come with this love from your hearts to provide care and, um, really welcome these children into your home. So maybe share what some of the challenges are and we'll get to the positive side too. (laughs) Either one of you. Yeah, sure. Um, So right now for me specifically, um, dealing with, we're moving towards reunification. So she's moving towards going back to her mom, um, which is so great. And I am so on board for that. That's what we signed up for. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited um, to see the relationships she has built with her mom and again, how far her mom has come, all those things. Um, but 
the loss is very real. Um, I love her with all that I am and she's mm-hmm. mine and will always be that way. Um, so dealing with that, that is probably right now the biggest, hardest mm-hmm. thing. Um, like it was just a reality. She's been with us for a year and a half. There's no way I couldn't fall in love with her. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but on the other hand of that, like, again, I'm totally supportive and that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, but right now it's just a really hard thing. And I actually, um, something else I wanted to note was just that a lot of people say that to me too. They say, oh, I could never do that because I would get too attached. Mm. And, um, we've had, <laughs> Emily and I've had yeah. many conversations. I'm like, I'm attached and I love her. <laughs> and what do I do? How do I handle this? Yeah. Um, and she's been kind of a good reminder of, to me. Um, that's what these kids need. They yeah. need attachment mm-hmm. and in that attachment is how they grow and how they feel safe and loved. So whenever people say that to me, I'm kind of like, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm attached. Yeah. yeah. That's a good thing. That's the goal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, these kids have not had attachment. So yeah. right. when you go into this healthy home, that's what you would mm-hmm. want yeah. for them. Yeah. So Emily, I know yeah. that you're like new into this, but yeah. you also have the background. So what are some of the challenges maybe that you've seen or that you've experienced in the last <laughs> three days? Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly like as working in the foster care system, you don't really know until you're in it and yeah. it's in your home. So, um, you know, I think <clears throat> for us, the biggest challenge um, all the unknowns, like the unknowns Mm -hmm. about everything. I Mm -hmm. mean, when you enter foster care, you, you just enter with like someone just taking every bit of control away. Like Mm -hmm. that's it. That's the posture that you start with. And so for us control freaks, it's like, (laughs) this is great. Uh, (laughs) What's happening? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think that that would probably be for me, the so far in the last couple of days has been um, not being able to control anything, which mm-hmm. is a very hard space to be in. But I have just seen how God like can just get all in that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, he is ultimately in control. So it's like when you put yourself in a situation where everything is out of your control. I mean, really, we could go. This could be a whole nother podcast, <laughs> but like you just don't, you don't have a lot of say in things um, as a foster parent. And we know that going into it. Um, and so, you know, you just have to, you have to trust him. I mean, it, it, you are, you get to the point where you're like, it, it's just you, it's all you. And you know, it's a beautiful place to be. So I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute, Emily. Mm -hmm. So if you can't answer this, that's okay. (laughs) But you just put a beautiful post out. Mm-hmm, yeah. Was it just today? Yeah. Would you pull it up and, and yeah. read it yes. to us? <laughs> yes. Um, I, a yeah, I'll, I'll chat while you pull that up. I was so touched with not only how, I think you called it the village, mm-hmm. the village that's yeah. come around you. And it wasn't like two or three examples. Mm-mm. Um, will you just read yeah, what I you will. wrote? That's awesome. Um, so I'll just read it and yeah. then I'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, he knew the village was strong. For those of you who don't know, we welcomed our first placement into our home this past weekend. We prayed for her long before she entered our door, wondering why it was taking so long, but God had a plan. It has been one of the most beautifully exhausting weekends I have ever experienced. Welcoming an 18-year-old girl into our lives during pregnancy week number 25 and a toddler running around with no pants on because potty training is in full force at our house was not what we expected life to look like right now, but God knew he knew the village was strong enough. You know who you are to the one who sent her, her favorite wings over night one. So she could have familiar food 
to the one who Venmoed money to trade the trash bags she walked in with with brand new bags, to the one who spent their Saturday matching makeup and researching products that would boost her confidence farther than she knew it could go, to the one who has prayed each day for strength and peace, to the one who sent money to spoil her at the nail salon, to the one who keeps checking in on me, letting me know that I'm not alone, to the one who sat next to her at church, making her feel like she was a regular, to the one who took my spot on worship team so I could stay back and make sure she was settled in, to the one who asked her questions and made her feel comfortable around the dinner table, to the one who let her hold your baby, remembering her niece she hasn't seen in months, to the one who sent money for a quick Starbucks run. She is only supposed to be here from Thursday to Tuesday. The village is strong is what I typed to the caseworker when we advocated for her to stay here instead of where she was headed. It's true, and God shines through that village every single day. She's under our roof. We couldn't do it without you. I'm overwhelmed by you. So that kind of talks about mm-hmm. just the, the you know, what we have. Yes. Yeah, exactly. How everyone, and I think that that's one of the coolest things about foster care is that, you know, when you get into it, you, you say like, this is what I'm going to do. And then everyone around you, they don't sign up for it, but Mm -hmm. they get the nudge from God. And so it's, it's just cool to see how people have used their talents and their knowledge and things they're passionate about to love on her, Mm. even in the last couple of days. So Mm. yeah, it's, it's been really cool to see for sure. Love that. So we know that God always promises beauty out of ash. So what are some of the beautiful things? I know that's a good yep. example, but what are some of the beautiful things that have come out of, I guess, Jess, we'll start with you because you've had her for yeah. a long time now. Yeah. Um, honestly, the biggest is just seeing how much she's grown. Mm. Um, again, she's created healthy attachments. Mm-hmm. She's created, um, she has a safe home. She has a safe place to land. And um, in that she has grown tremendously mm-hmm. um, from, again, like a totally different kid, night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just being so proud of her and that she, we were able to provide that so really she could grow. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not about us, um, just about her. And again, how that attachment can just see her. Mm-hmm. Um see her be her best and be happy. Um, and even her mom, again, um, we've seen her take leaps and bounds, um, to be where we're at right now and working towards that. Um, as hard as it is for us, it's the most beautiful thing I can imagine right now. So yeah, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that, Emily? Yeah, I was just going to say, and Jess has pointed this out a lot. You've probably noticed the theme. Um, I think I just want to be completely like open about how, You know, I think a lot of times people kind of clump foster care and adoption together. And Mm. so I want to make sure that we make that distinction of how different it is um, and how, you know, class one and Mm -hmm. two and three and four and five and on. We talk about how the goal is reunification. And it's such a cool spot to be in because you essentially you foster, you know, you foster your kiddos, but you also foster their family. Yeah. And, um, and so when you were talking about that and, and bringing up her mom, that just made me think like this, that's really the heart mm-hmm. of foster care is really just being a bridge from, you know, right. them to their family and, and making sure that during the time of healing and restoration and reconciliation that God designs for all families yeah created families yeah and so um you know while that's happening just being a safe place for for kids during that time so your investment if if I'm hearing you correctly your investment is really to pour in 
to grow, to build up, to send back. Yeah. 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 That's the goal. Yes, exactly. And for us, um, it's kind of funny because when I said initially we went in, we wanted to adopt and that was our thing, right? Yeah. We're going to adopt because that's what we've always felt called to. Um, and then going to foster care, they're like, you're not adopting. <laughs> Don't ever think you're adopting because mm-hmm. that is not the goal here. Um, and at first I was like, mm, am, I, am I okay with that? Uh, yeah. But now living through that, yeah, I'm totally okay with that. Um, in fact, I just love being a part of that mm-hmm. and being able to be a part of that reconciliation um, is even more beautiful than I could have I could have imagined. Yeah. That, that is such a beautiful thing. So let's play that out. And let's say that your foster daughter ends up being reconciled. Yeah. Then would you be open almost immediately to another placement or how does that work? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> we get this question a lot. Um, and that there's no really easy answer. Um, yeah. I think we'll definitely need time to heal from that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, because obviously we love her and um, Olivia has grown a great relationship sure. with her too. Um, so I think we'll need some time to, to kind of regroup yeah. and um, mm-hmm. see where God's kind of leading us from there. So, and is it open in the system to, and it might, maybe it, Maybe it's a case by case basis. Uh, <laughs> You're catching on. I know, I'm, I'm learning so quickly. <laughs> but she gets placed back with biological mom. Mm-hmm. Do you have the ability option? Is it encouraged for there to continue to be a connection? Yeah. So again, case by case, case. By case. <laughs> um, um, which is something we've worked on, right? So I've worked very hard to create a good, safe place for her mom to feel comfortable mm-hmm. in that. Um, so we have created this relationship between me and her, um, where I have openly expressed to her, we would love to be a part of her life. Um, not maybe literally, but just here, how is she doing? How are things, um, making sure she knows we're always here Mm -hmm. and we're always there to support her. Um, should anything happen or if she just needs someone to talk to or, Hey, this is how she's acting today. And what do I do? You know, there's so much, um, support she's going to need in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've tried to make it very clear and I've been really, really blessed to be able to create that relationship. And that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, case by case, but <laughs> we're, we feel really blessed to have that. So, so here's a question that I didn't prep you guys on. Okay. So <laughs> if you need a second to think you get one second, um, a second. <laughs> what have you each learned about yourselves? I actually can answer that pretty quickly. Okay. <laughs> Me too. So okay. go for it. <laughs> so, um, funny because it's, I, especially starting out was the hardest thing, the unknown and what, what can I, I can't control anything. Um, but that is something God has like broken in me and is the best way I can say it, mm-hmm. that I'm not in control. And, um, I realized how much I wanted that and felt like I needed that in all ways of my life of, I need to have control over all these things and then I'll, I'll feel better and things will be better. Um, and he totally just broke me free mm-hmm. of that. Um, to the point it's like you don't have control of this and I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with saying okay I'm here um, wherever you're leading whatever the next step is Um, so for me just being able to let go of that was something that was huge like revelation Mm -hmm. I knew it about myself um, but really being able to be broken free from that has been huge to live it yeah yeah and you're a one, right? I am a one which is saying a lot exactly saying (laughs) a whole lot wow yeah um so for me, I think um, it actually started, God really started working on my heart in a lot of ways the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, to prepare me for where I'm at. And so I have learned just a lot about God's faithfulness and his mercy and grace um, even before she walked through our door. Um, but 
you know, working in the system, you know, it's broken. Everyone, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone Mm -hmm. talks about, Oh, it's so broken. The broken system. I love that you said broken Mm -hmm. because that's, is that's exactly what Mm -hmm. I was going to say too. Um, you know, the system is broken. These families are broken. I'm broken. You're broken. So it, it's just like all of these broken pieces, um, and things that shouldn't ever have to happen to anybody Mm -hmm. happen. Um, and things that the Lord has brought me through, um, in the past couple years, you know, Mm -hmm. with my dad passing away, uh, over a year ago from cancer, but it, it's, it's in those broken pieces and the grief just talked about the grief in foster care, but it's in that, that you really get to see God revealed in ways that you would never even imagine. And so for me, I feel like he has taught me how beautiful, like you were saying, these broken pieces are Mm -hmm. and these broken times and what this, you know, all of these situations that there's so, there's so much beauty in it. I don't want to be walking around whole. Like I forever Mm -hmm. want to just be in the suffering and the struggle because that's, he's close. He's so close there. So, and that's what I feel like in foster care. You, you know, you, you are in those times all the time. It's not easy. (laughs) Just will tell you it's not easy, but, um, the Lord is very, very, very near in all of those situations. So, and what have you learned about God? Maybe in a way that you've not seen him until you've been in this space. I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me right now, three days in, a couple days in, um, it has been so cool to see his provision mm-hmm. and how he's provided for mm-hmm. her. Um, I was just talking to my cousin today about how it a lot of these things don't make sense, mm-hmm. things that she's starting to share mm-hmm. with us um, about, her past and what she's had to go through. Um, but how cool it has been that he has provided at just the right times, just the right people. You know, I talked about the village, all of that. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's so cool to be able to say like, well, God provided that. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, it's when you put yourself into that situation with foster care, Mm -hmm. you get the blessing of seeing his provision Mm -hmm. and how he provides so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, going off kind of what you said, all the broken pieces coming together, I think, um, seeing that firsthand, the very, very brokenness and the healing and restoration that God can bring, um, and the reconciliation of this family coming back together. I mean, that's our, again, our next step. And, um, I be- fully believe that's only him, right? He could, is mm-hmm. the only one that could provide that and create that, um, is really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's really so cool. cool. To see. Yeah. I was just thinking when I talked to my kids this past week on the podcast, I shared with them, you know, God chose you to be placed in our Christian home. And that is such a gift. I know it doesn't always, and they share that it doesn't always <laughs> feel like a gift, but he chose you to have Christian parents. And when I think about these kids that are going to be placed in your care and in your homes, they're given the same gift in a way, although they've faced so much trauma and so many things that no, no, no human, no child should ever have to face for God to still say, I see you 
and I'm going to choose these Christian parents, even if it's for a chapter of your story, I'm going to choose these Christian parents so that they can see me through them. I think that's just amazing and beautiful. And we get like a firsthand uh, show to that. Yeah. Front 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 row row seat. seat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So good. So if there's someone listening who maybe has been thinking about foster care and just other than Google has no idea where to get started, how can you help them? Yeah. So like I said, I think everyone, you know, I think everyone is called to, you see it all in scripture. Um, and so for me, I mean, it's fresh right now. And so I've seen how people have showed up for us, um, in so many ways and it's so cool to see people using their passions mm-hmm. to provide, you know, things for her. Like for, yeah. for example, my, my cousin Lauren, she loves fashion and she loves makeup. Um, and she was able to come over and, you know, do all of that. Yeah. And I just kind of was, you know, back row seat of it, but it was so yeah. cool. So, so that's as simple as that. Like right. if you're passionate about something, you can use it. And yeah the foster care world, um, but meals and, you know, bringing like tangible needs, um, respite care, which we can talk about that, but just providing, um, support for family. There's so many, so many ideas. Prayer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Anything else you can add that people have done? Uh, no, that's a good list. (laughs) Expand on the respite care, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's an area where, um, I know that from my experience, there are some qualifications that have to be set in place. Mm -hmm. And yet it's for, I mean, for someone like me, it was like really easy to step into it. Yeah. So, um, for example, I'm, I'm pregnant. And so when I have my baby, she will need to go into respite care, um, because I need care and support for her. There's a, there's a law out that allows her to go on sleepovers and things like mm-hmm. that, um, without it being respite. But if it's for a long period of time because of me, um, then she would go into respite care. So there's, um, it's not as extensive as becoming a foster parent. Um, they have to take four mm-hmm. classes mm-hmm. to, um, be respite providers. And then they'll do like background checks and um, a few other things, but it's not, Mm -hmm. it doesn't take a a lot of time. Um, But I will say that it's a great way to dip your toe in Mm -hmm. if you're interested um, in foster care and, and kind of seeing, I mean, we were respite care providers for the girl that came into our home um, and then it ended up being placement. So, but um, you know, it was cool to be able to just like shower her with, all the things and yeah. spoil her. It's like vacation. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. the kids usually do really good yes. in respite yeah. and you know, they're excited to have a new environment and people to just love on them and see them and do fun things. So, mm-hmm. and I think something uh, I would like to add also, um, starting out as like, I knew nothing about mm-hmm. foster care mm-hmm. and I literally was like, someone tell me where to go, what to do. Yes. Um, so like resources, um, either your county, you can get licensed through your county or through uh, like focus on youth, a private agency. Um, and all those pre-placement classes I was talking about are all free. Like there's no charge. Yeah. yeah of course your time. Um, but that's where you find out all those details, what you're getting into. And there's really no obligation to that. So you can just go learn. This isn't for me. We need to help some other way and move on. Um, so I just, again, I just wanted to add that because yeah. for yeah. me, starting out, I had knew none of that. So right. yeah. And where can they go to if they want to specifically look up focus so um focus on youth.com 
And I teach a lot of those classes and we have amazing teachers out there that um, teach those. And we've had people come through that don't foster and they've taken all 12 classes and they just like want to know more about trauma and they want to know more about the system and um, how to support families. And so some people are like, we just want to take the classes. Yeah. Um, They're virtual right now. So Mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity. Yeah. 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 Well, you both are inspirations to me. Emily, I feel like in the last year, you've probably been one of the greatest voices um, teaching me along the way. And I'm sure that there are many listening who are feeling that stirring of what can I do? Like, how can I, how can I get my feet and my hands dirty and really do the work to be the hands and feet of Jesus and come alongside in, in this way? So, yeah, it's, it's such a, it's a beautiful just opportunity in all the ways, mm-hmm. whether you support a family or you are a foster family, it's, it's so rewarding. There's a lot of challenges, but it's so rewarding. And it's, it's, I mean, directly related to God's call for his children. And so you can be, you know, an active yeah. agent in that. Yeah. So on this podcast, I ask the same questions to my guests at the end. And um, this podcast was birthed out of this conviction, really, that I had, that God had given us so many, has given us so many promises in his word. And many times we either miss them uh, because we're not in it or we miss them because we're not paying attention. And so for each of you, what has been maybe a verse in scripture that has been either something for your life or for a season, but something that has really drawn you close to his faithfulness and his promise. Yeah. So for, I mean, we have one of those, um, letter boards in our house where Uh you can write whatever you want on it. Um, I've had the same verse for two years (laughs) because every time I go to change it, I'm like, Nope, it's not a time yet. Um, Mm. and so on there it says, has Isaiah 43 too. When Mm. you go through, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Um, and this has been, Oh, we're in the trenches of the waters right now. Um, so, uh, just having that as a constant reminder has been really helpful for me. I love it. Yeah. So, um, I love the story of Esther. Mm. Um, and Mm. I was reading a, a blog the other day. Um, foster the family is a great blogger, um, who, talks a lot about foster care, but she was talking about how, um, you know, in the face of death, Esther just said, if I perish, I perish. Mm-hmm. And so I have just really like in the last even couple of days with all of the things happening, potty training, teenager coming in, it's like, if I perish, I perish, but I'm, I'm going to do, you know, what God has, has called me to do and what he's allowed me the opportunity to do. So I love, I love her whole entire story, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I do too. My goodness. One of my favorites. Mm -hmm. So what do y'all like to do for fun? What is something that you just love? It can be about summer. If summer ever decides to show its face in Cincinnati. Uh, But what's just something that like when there's not a care in the world, what do you love? Mm, Me first. Okay. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's so funny because Becky and I run into each other. literally all (laughs) All the time time. at this coffee local coffee shop um (laughs) but honestly in my current season um I I always joke about like I don't know what my hobby is like I I like to read but Mm -hmm. but honestly right now in my season with toddler and baby and now teenager um quiet 
and mm. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> a latte and just some quiet is just everything. So. And I love that our favorite place has added oat milk to their menu. Yes. The best. Yeah, I know. It's so good. Yeah. So yeah. Wait, are we going to share what this wonderful oh, place is? Sure. Yeah. We'll give, <laughs> them a, we'll give them a plug. So Kala Coffee House okay. in Mason on 42, heading north toward Lebanon. It's kind of hidden, so I didn't really want to say. behind the oh, church. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, secret. We don't okay. need it to get crowded. <laughs> That's right. They have a really good breakfast sandwich, but anyways. Um, for me, speaking of summer, being outside is what mm, I love, and I'm too. so ready for that. Me too. I'm ready for the weather, too. After the wonderful weekend we had, and now this rainy grossness. It's, like all week. It's been a lot. But um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I love being outside in the summer. We go to Kings Island and the zoo and camping, anything we can do outside. So Yeah, I love that, too. Yeah. And this is the Let It Be podcast. So if there were one prayer that you could have answered, what would it be? Um, for me is still foster care related. Um, one thing I talked about was continue that relationship, um, mm. post reunification. So, um, that's something I'm praying really hard for as hopeful as I am that that is, I've covered all my bases. Um, mm. it's something that is not up to me. And so I'm just prayerful that, um, I'll get to hear all the wonderful things that she's doing and, mm. um, how great their relationship is. Um, so that's something I'm currently, yeah, really praying for. Yeah. For me, um, I'll keep it foster care related too, because that's a really big, it yeah, is. little one is big and prior. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's like see, Janie and Bottle, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if I, yeah, one for wish. her, <laughs> for her, um, you know, my prayer is just that she would feel seen and heard mm-hmm. and loved in her current space, and that we could just prepare her to be on her own, um, on our own two feet. And mm. to go and do the things that she wants to do um, and and always have us as mm. a sounding board and a safe place until she no longer needs it. So. Yeah. I don't usually add a prayer over my guests, but as I've just been listening to you, um, I feel like my prayer for your girls right now um, and maybe the ones that will come into your care in the future is that one God will truly raise up that village for however long it is to come alongside you and your family, um, to come alongside the placements that are in your home, to come alongside your own children, and that the placements that God puts in your care and in your home would ultimately find that their identity is in him. That's my prayer. Yeah. Thank you. Let it be. I love you girls. Mm. I love that you're my friends. (laughs) I love that you're amazing mamas. And thanks so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We love you too. So great. (laughs) May is National Foster Care Month, and I'm so happy that it also happens to fall in the month that we celebrate moms of all kinds. I loved having Jess and Emily on and hearing all about their hearts for this true calling of caring for foster children and the challenge that they gave each one of us that even if we don't feel that nudge to bring these children into our homes, we can all do something to play a role in their story and in the journey of caring for those who are in need. If you want to learn more about the process or how to even get involved, you can go to our show notes and find the information there. You can also reach out to Jess or Emily individually. Thanks so much for being part of this week's conversation. I do want to leave you with a verse out of James 
James 1.27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Have a great week. You can stay up to date with me at Becky Ziegenfuss on all social media platforms.